This is a test of the emergency podcast system. Repeat, this is a test of the emergency podcast system. Disaster Girls is an unironic excavation of disaster movies with profiles as high as the tallest volcano and as low as the Marianas Trench. In order to ensure your safety and enjoyment, please remain calm and keep your ears locked on your hosts, myself, Jordan Gershiola, and me, Amanda Smith. Greetings out there, disaster divas. It is I, Jordan Cruciola. And I, Amanda Smith. And we are coming back to you today with, it's not like divergent programming necessarily, but I, you know, perhaps a little atypical. Uh, I would, I called this a Jordan movie when I described it to Jason. Yeah, that I I think that I think that really makes sense. Um, if what what if you know, I'd be interested uh, to to know, guys, from what you've gleaned from my personality, if that jibes with you too. Um, it is definitely of the monster classification, though. This is a creature disaster, uh, just very local, and it is, of course, the uh, nineteen, I believe, seventy-two movie, the very DIY feeling, Blood Freak. Yeah, you know what. I would argue this is a disaster of man's making. Yeah. That is how I would that is how I would term it. Mm-hmm. Um because I was like, is this a disaster? And it's I don't know that it's a hundred percent a disaster, but it's certainly not not a disaster. And more right. importantly, it's Thanksgiving themed, and I do love a theme. Like Yeah. And and you know, considering how bad deadly voltage was. I thought that this movie at least took more interesting chances than Deadly Voltage did. I thought this was, yes. Um, in fact, I would argue as I was watching it that this movie was everything that Mother wished it could be. You know, had had somebody turned into a part man, part uh, bird during Mother... Uh, chances are I would come to its defense more, but you know, alas, that movie just fucking sucks. And yeah. uh, but Blood Freak, it's it's not a good movie, but like there was there was a lot of it seemed like there was a lot of intention here. Um, Steve Hawks, who seemingly was involved in all, all parts of this movie, the large, as we were re- reminded over and over again, large gentleman who stars in it. Um, it's also involved with various aspects of the production. It like the, there there was like two people who like wrote, produced, directed, edited, and did the music between all of this. Like, oh yes, okay. So directors Brad F. Grinter and Steve Hawks screenplay. Brad F. Grinter and Steve Hawks producers. Brad F. Grinter and Steve Hawks. So you know what? Somebody was like, I these guys were like, I want to make this movie. I'm going to do literally every part of it to get it done. I'm upset about the amorality and drug epidemic sweeping the United States of America. And I need to make a fucking movie about that. And I commend that spirit of go-getterness. Yeah, this is what we would call a passion project for sure. Yeah, oh yeah. Oh yeah. So Jordan, do you want to take us through to a quick recap of what this movie, uh, about to like for anybody who didn't decide that they needed to watch Blood Freak? 
Yeah, I mean, it's at once simple and maybe convoluted. Uh, it's the 70s, so, like, a guy pulls over on the side of the road and helps a lady with her car and then follows her home and then accepts... But not in a creepy way. Like, she allows him to follow yeah, her Yeah, it all seems very above board. Like, hey, hey, man, far out. This is what we got going on in that very 70s. It's the 70s. It's a very 70s way. Um and he like very readily accepts offers for like, hey, you can stay here. Hey, I got a job for you. And everyone's like, yeah, groovy. And he when he walks into her house, though, uh, he walks into what we are sort of told is like a den of iniquity. We'll take their word for it. It, it looks just like a very low key afternoon party. Um, Angel, the woman who who brings him home is like, now, just FYI, my sister and her friends are pretty big into the drug scene. And there's people so casually doing cocaine it does not even look like they're doing cocaine um and they're just all sitting around a table and talking and one woman offers him sex and he is offended at uh slightly offended at a woman of loose moral value offering herself up to him and they're they're just like it doesn't feel like there's a script so much as just prompts with people responding in uh, colloquialisms in that are very appropriate for the era. Um, what does she call like the woman who turn he turns her down? She like calls him like a big stupid bastard who doesn't oh. know where it's at. Yes, it was a great line. And yeah, I I I want to insult people now by saying you just don't know where it's at, man. Like I I really like that. But anyway. Um, he attends the drug party and immediately Angel's sister, the uh, corrupt and drug enjoying, um, very pretty sister, Anne, uh, immediately sets her sights on Herschel, our hero. And in order to distract him away from her very uh, devoted, religiously devoted sister, again, named Angel, uh, Anne decides she's going to seduce Herschel with drugs which he has promised Angel he's not going to take. But as we'll learn later, he also has a history with drug abuse. So the drug dealer gives her some paraphernalia. His name is Guy, by the way. Guy gives Angel some paraphernalia and says, like, he takes six of these and he'll be addicted, man. And she's like, really? Six? And they have a very specific conversation about what it takes to get hooked on drugs. And then, really, it only takes once. He gets high with Anne once by the pool, uh, either smoking weed or something that has been capped with something else because he is immediately dependent. Uh, he starts having in like crazy withdrawals. He needs a fix to be okay again. Anne is racked with guilt over his new dependency. Simultaneously, that work he accepted working at a poultry farm nearby first day of work the guy walks inside and the lab scientists who work there immediately offer him extra cash or drugs on the side if he participates in their experiments so herschel shows up at work i think second day after accepting this invitation to be part of scientific experiments on like how animal meat is being treated and they settle him down when he first gets there with a whole fucking turkey and Herschel surely eats every damn bite of it which results in him collapsing to the ground passing out in what looks like a fit of withdrawals but lo and behold Herschel rises as a full-size man as he is with the head of a turkey and he now has an insatiable appetite for both 
blood and drugs. You know, as happens. Yeah. Then there's a, a couple like twists. Weekend, am I right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's right. Crazy. That's enigmatic producer Jason aware turkey. Yeah, and he, yeah, that's part of why he doesn't talk very often because sometimes he is just part turkey. Yeah, sometimes he's just eating, consuming entire turkeys or blood or drugs. Yeah, I'm, well, usually I'm snorting coke uh, yeah. off of my own. Um, um, what is it called? A, a gobbler? What's the what's the little what's the dangly thing on a turkey? Uh, oh, the a snood. Waddle? No, the snood, right? Snood. The is snood that- is the snood is on the nose. Okay. Oh, the the thing that flops over the nose. Yeah, the snood is oh, on okay. the nose. I can't. The waddle of... is, I think, the thing that's down at the bottom. Uh, on its snood and the waddle. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Perfect. Um. But yeah, this leads to a couple twists that we'll get to. But that's the general outline, and it, we can't talk about Blood Freak without talking about the fact that it opens with a very serious monologue. By a man in a living room, smoking a cigarette, yeah. very obviously reading pre-prepared pages. Directly the, off the table. The, the, you At one point, you don't see the page turn, but you see his hand go down, you see his arm move, you know he's turning a page. And delivered in the most earnest way about like our modern world. And, you know, as far as reality index goes, to get that started, when he introduces Herschel and, you know, he says, a pretty girl with a problem, who could resist? Honestly, correct. Who could? I can barely. So, like, yeah, Herschel gets himself into trouble with a nice little evangelical lady on the side of the road who just wants to offer him an honest day's work and then ends up in the clutches of a bunch of drug addicts who are polluting their bodies with chemicals. Oh, yeah. I mean, the the setup was at once you're like, is she having problems? They just smiled at each other and she pulled over to the side of the road. That's it. It was it. That was like, that was the entirety of it. But also I was like, so to explain one thing that Jordan left out in the recap, this whole thing happens in somewhere in South Florida. And so once you start off with the Mm. premise that this entire movie exists in South Florida. That's true. um, The reality index for me, everything was graded on a curve. Because at that point, I was just like, yeah, all of this, all of this could happen. I mean, 1972 and South Florida, I consider it all possible, actually. It's entirely possible. So once like the hot, even without car trouble, I was like, yeah, hot girl smiles and pulls over the side of the road. Like guy on a motorcycle clearly he's gonna pull over alongside her um i had absolutely no question in my mind that that was legitimate no Um, and i feel like in this in the era i from what pop culture has taught me about the 70s the whole progression of events up perhaps up to the point of turkey transformation um was like yeah honestly i i feel like this is what film and television and like my parents have told me about the 70s that yeah. it's, just, it's like you went places with people you did follow the hippie to a second location um you walked into rooms where people offered you drugs uh people hitchhiked uh you sort of shacked up where you could you took work to get cash from one place yeah this i was just like yeah i get this is this sounds like america in the 1970s to me like and, and i don't think it's not like these people were you know brad and steve were creative geniuses. I feel like they were just sort of pulling from like, this is what people do in life, but what if it led to becoming a wear turkey sort of situation? Yeah. Oh yeah. I was, I like fully bought every aspect of it in terms, uh, in terms yeah. of the progression of events. Yeah. I was a little thrown off. So when he gets to the house, 
and it's this den of iniquity full of drugs. Mm. Um, was a little thrown off by the people who were doing the drugs because you know when you're watching a movie and you're like, wow, that 40-year-old really looks like she's 70 or like yeah. – uh, it genuinely looked like Anne had over all of her best friends who happened to also be tax attorneys. Yeah, it was a very like, mild looking group of people. Yeah, for- there were like no hippies. Everyone, everyone looked like, to use a, a term from their time, everyone looked like fucking squares. Yeah, it was a room of squares, like barely talking Above a low din. Yeah. I don't recall music necessarily. It's not like they could get the rights to anything. Well, the music was was composed, written and composed by the same person. So besides the score of the movie, like we don't walk into a dance party. We don't walk into anything that suggests anybody is getting out of hand. No one is – there's no, like, couple making out in a corner even. It was a very sexless drug party. Yeah. Um, And just, you know, and Anne Anne looks – Other than Anne's eyebrows, which were the eyebrows of a Beth addict. Um, (laughs) But Angel also had very thin, very arched eyebrows. Like they were eyebrows. It was just they were of the time. Yeah. Yeah. Like everything the the eyebrows were suggest that they were both unhinged. But other than that, like Anne looked absolutely great. Anne Anne looked put together. Her outfit was super cute. She's wearing like a little yellow crop top, had a great, like has a great figure. Her hair looks shiny and healthy. It does. Her makeup was not askew. Any of the normal indicators that you'd be like, oh, this is someone where drugs have gone horribly awry. I was watching it and I was like, I don't know what drugs she's doing, but I mean, I could use them if it gives me that stomach. It was entire, it was very much not indicative of anything beyond just like a casual fun relationship with drugs. Yeah, also which they were all drinking wine. Have. Yeah. Which yeah. was like, that's not a drug party drink. Like actual wine in wine glasses. There's a close-up on a glass of wine at one point, seemingly to suggest, see, they're drinking. It's like, yeah, it is a glass of white wine, though. Like, and there's there's not, like, bottles on the table. It's a sensible glass of white wine. Yeah. And a- Anne is immediately, like, too pushy about the drugs. She's like, come on, Herschel. Come on, Herschel. And it is very PSA, like, after school special levels of peer pressure. Like, what are you, like, what are you, lame? Like, what are you, what are you, a chicken? Like, yeah. you're not going to do the drugs with us, man? Like, it was there very There was a lot of challenging level. his his sense of bravery and masculinity in that sense. Which was really the thing that, like, Herschel held fast until yeah. you called him, you, you challenged his bravery and his manliness. And I did love at one point when, when Anne, because every once in a while, our, our very somber narrator comes back, the smoking man. And as as Anne is goading him, eventually, like, he seems to spend one night and then the next day he's, like, out fixing something by the pool and Anne's trying to seduce him. And our narrator comes back in to say, like, you know, what, you know, what man could resist some, you know, such temptation that he goes, it would have to be something like, he would have to be less of a man than Herschel. I was like, oh, okay. So, like, just mild homophobia being insinuated there. Like, you'd have to be some kind of limp wrist to resist the charms of old Anne here while she's offering you drugs by the pool. And... You know, but it's not. It's not until she's like, "Or oh, you, ca- or you can't believe big man like you's a coward." He's like, "I'm no coward," and then proceeds to take like four, five, six 
huge drags off the joint she offers him. Yeah, he doesn't like go for it just once. No. He then proceeds to fully just bogart the joint. Yeah. Um, which like to, again, to the point where he is in, like it is it's you can tell given our framework, the addiction is immediate. Herschel's hooked. Yeah. He just he's on and he just loses it. Um but and then and then they, of course, have sex and fall in love immediately. Immediately. Um, and yeah, you don't get the sense from the drug that he, it's not like he, at that point, he takes a few hits and he's like, man, this stuff is groovy. Yeah, yeah. He just sort of is like, smokes it a bunch and then- it's Very she, giggly. Is yeah. very giggly. And, and again, it as far as we know, so Anne has gotten from Guy something- suggest like we don't really know what they have it's kind of suggested that it's something other than weed mixed yeah in. but also like it's just sort of vaguely nefarious yeah and she's also like fine yeah like he has spiraled into a cataclysmic dependency immediately Anne is just Anne's just a hippie like that's all Anne is yeah and so um, in terms of the believability of of the drug aspect to it, my biggest thought and concern was that guys seem to really be into just giving out the drugs. Yeah, like Guy sets a precedent for like, you know, I get the whole first one's free kind of thing. But he also is just like seemingly handing over drugs to people at this party where it's like, you're not really establishing a system that makes sense for you, Guy, uh, financially. And then, but of course, when Herschel- we find out later that Guy is deeply <laughs> in debt to his supplier. Yep, that's true. Um, so I was like, yeah, this I was I at first didn't get it. But then at the end, I was like, oh, Guy's a bad businessman. Mm-hmm. I get it now. So I did actually also believe that like there's a, there's a story to Guy, and I think that story is like Guy's deep need for approval drives much of his drug dealing. Oh yeah, he just wants friends. He just wants friends. There's a real sad. There's a real tragedy to Guy. He just until, wants friends and to be shirtless. Right. It, 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 up until the part where he ends up like offering up Anne uh, to be raped. So that was a yeah. Real, that was a real turn of events that was a uh, unpleasant. But um, yeah, when his supplier comes calling for like, you still owe me money, man. You're you're short seventy five bucks. He's like, here's a hundred, and there's a passed out girl in the next room. And the 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 source is obviously like deal so he goes in eventually there's you know this gets involved this is post-transformation with herschel an interesting interesting thing happens in this movie uh as far as transformations go once herschel um flips and becomes uh the bird man uh the the scientists are immediately like fuck well, what do we do? This is bad. And then we don't really know what they do with him until we see them back together with a guy who offered him a job who runs the poultry farm. And the guy the guy who runs the farm is like, I can't believe you just dumped him. So they just presumably drove his body to a far-flung location to leave him to die because yeah. he's convulsing on the ground from side effects from the turkey meat. Um, and, you know, at a perhaps off-the-books poultry farm in South Florida, I'll call it believable, 1972. Yeah, two, um, two dumb henchmen doing that? Fully yeah, believe that. Yeah, yeah. Just ditch, ditch the body, and so then we know that Herschel emerges as the blood freak when he goes back to the house. He goes into Anne's room. Anne, Anne's asleep. 
He wakes her up by shaking the waterbed she's asleep on. <laughs> and she awakens and screams, fairly. And there's like a light casting just enough of a shadow on his face and is scared. But then we hear him like scrambling around the room. It turns out he's writing her notes. And they have a a like pretty reasonable conversation about... <laughs> Shorter, would you say it's reasonable because she goes down a road that is so I mean she she jumps she she jumps to conclusions, but also after the scream is entirely an even keel exchange of yeah. dialogue, well written and spoken dialogue about what are they gonna do? How will society react? What will they tell the kids? What will yeah. their kids look like? That was, thank you. So that was when she goes from like, I was like, okay, cool. I appreciate that she like recognizes it's Herschel. I appreciate that she recognizes what's happening. And like but is not then, like, she like sings and like, oh, kind of mean things. She's like, God, you're just so ugly. And then yeah. he, you hear like a, like he makes, <laughs> he makes bird noise. Bird sounds. It's and she's really- like, I'm sorry, babe. Like, she recognizes she's hurt his feelings. His feelings are hurt. Yeah. But then immediately goes to like, well, what if we get, well, should we get married? And it, What would it be starts, like if you stayed like this if we got married? She starts family planning. jump of quoting where she, she goes, what if- family she starts, planning. She starts fully planning their future, but it does. Yeah. It goes immediately from yeah. like, what if you stay like this to what if we get married? Like, girl, he's a turkey and he hasn't proposed. Yeah. Slow <laughs> down. <laughs> Yeah, like love yourself. At least wait till he commits. Yeah. And but it is it is a very um respectful exchange. And she's, you know, she's upset. Near as we can tell, he's very upset. And he seems to make his case for sticking around by turning off the only one light in the room. And I believe another sex scene happens, but it's completely dark. Yeah. We only hear his we only hear turkey noises and <laughs> a like what sounds like confused enjoyment from Anne. And then we cut to like the next morning when she's crying on the phone to her sister, but like we are definitely led to believe a sex scene takes place. Yeah, Anne absolutely fucked a man with a head like a turkey. <laughs> she did. She did. There's no question, which I guess answers the question to me of if any other basic anatomy changed. Um, Meaningly, no. Apparently, it's just the turkey head, <clears throat> yeah. which is, you know, good. Um, yeah, he I does. Mean, he is a strapping man. He's he's broad. Um, you know, I guess I should have been tipped off. Like, if anything, like, you'd think he'd get wings or something. Um, but I am relieved that he doesn't have, like, a turkey penis. Um, yeah. Good, good, that, for th- good for them. I guess that yeah. doesn't mean that, like, yeah, their marriage could work. It could. If um, not for if not the, for the rest of the, the movie the dependencies of blood mm-hmm. and drugs. So what we it's this it once the transformation happens, again, nothing's nobody's going over the top here. Everything's very everything is very reserved. Yeah, um, and everyone treats this like this is very normal. Like right. Anne calls Angel and is like, I don't know what to do. My man turned into part turkey. Yeah. And no one is like, you do a lot of drugs, Anne. Are yeah, you sure? well, her, like her, her other her other drug friends are like, "What are you high, man?" And she's like, "I'm not high. I'm straight. I swear." But then, like, once everybody everybody who experiences Herschel accepts the terms quit 
quite immediately. Like we see, like there's a voiceover of our smoking man when Angel is meeting Herschel and they're seemingly just having a conversation as best they can in the living room where we don't hear them talking because we hear the narrator and it's like the score is playing or something. Um, but like it's a, he's in the living room, like all he can do make is his turkey sounds and like pleading with his hands. And Anne and Angel seem quite composed. And then like when she has her drug friends over, she's like, you're never going to believe this. You got to see Herschel. He's in the other room. And they're like, what are you crazy? This is nuts. And then but nobody leaves. <laughs> nobody's like really upset it's just like man fucked up situation huh like everybody really yeah kind of creates a pretty not if not welcoming pretty workable space for Herschel to exist in as a turkey man yeah you get the sense that if not for the fact that he also had an insatiable bloodlust Herschel could really live his life fully yeah. as a turkey man and he's yes. like okay he might not be fully accepted by society but again it's South Florida there's yeah. a lot of weirdness happening. Like, Who knows what these people have seen yeah. to inure them to the possibility of a turkey man. Like, who knows what's come before? Goat man, uh, literal bat man. Like, we don't know. Bat boy. Yeah. We don't know. Uh, this is, and you, <coughs> you get the sense that things have gone horribly awry at the turkey farm before. Oh, yeah. Um, by their lax standards. So, yeah, like, who knows? There's probably an entire colony of turkey men running around. This could be, like, a thing. And so everyone does seem fairly chill about it. It yeah. really is just – I mean, even it, – it just seems to be like, oh, if only you just weren't murdering people. That's the yeah. real bummer of the whole situation. Yeah, because it becomes a slasher. Like, it becomes a very – 80s style which god wow actually considering the year um this is quite by the format of um like the classic slasher your your sin hunters like like your freddies your jasons your <clears throat> your michael myers and yet it preceded those things by seven eight nine years <laughs> that's quite actually wild now that i'm thinking about it um wow blood freak an antecedent to the to the slashers we know it today um, he basically turns into, into a sin hunter. Like he is seeking out blood, but specifically he is seeking out, uh, people doing drugs to drink their blood. Right. Because that seems like the most efficient way for a turkey man to do the drugs. He can't smoke anymore. He's got a beak. Right. So right. he has to instead slit their throats and then, uh, drink their blood directly to get the the drugs he needs. Yeah, because we see like there's sort of a key sequence is this night where Virgil is like taken to the dark and he or a Herschel's taken to the dark and he's going to find like victims and a woman gets out of a car and like it's seemingly it seems like she's probably stumbling home after a party like she seems intoxicated and he attacks her and he he stabs people in the throat and then just lets their blood hangs them upside down stabs them in the throat lets their blood spurt out and drinks it kills her nearby once after that happens he like a man tries to stop him um he just kills the man he doesn't try to drink the blood presumably because that man is not on drugs i wasn't trying tying it to like gender violence so much as i was just like these people were yeah it had done drugs and then after he kills that man nearby we see like um, a guy and a girl, a guy and a woman get into a car very secretively and you're like, oh, I guess they're going to have sex. No, she starts like tying off her arm and the guy's going to inject her with heroin. Um, and after he does that, 
as soon as as soon as the heroine is coursing through this woman's bloodstream, Herschel Herschel shows up from out of the dark, um, attacks the woman again, stabs her in the throat, starts drinking her drug blood, and that is like that is the sort of fiending that is going on. But then I think the only the only other death we see as a result of Herschel is because. Guy has invited his drug supplier over to Anne's house for some reason where all of this is happening and it offers a sleeping Anne up as like um, a prostitution substitute for the money that he owes, that he owes the, the drug, the drug provider, the purveyor of the substances. And um, he goes in and he's going to rape Anne and Herschel is watching from the outside, seemingly getting upset. We can't really know. Not a lot of action going on in the face, in the turkey face, but goes into the room before um, it seems like the the supplier can do the deed well, and scares I think the, the, No, the supplier kills her. No. Y- yeah. He's, yes? Yeah. She he, not, he strangles her to death? Yeah, I think he strangles her to death because, like, right. she, oh, she's unconscious. Mm. She's awake. She's screaming. She's unconscious. And then- I'm, I'm forgetting I the think twist. she you're right. No, I think you're, he you're kills right. Anne and then the supplier like runs off because Turkey Man has shown up. Um so, and, and, and he's angry. He's like, I'm gonna yeah. get vengeance on you yeah. for killing Anne, who, yeah. you know, honestly took him in after he became a turkey man. And they love each other and they're gonna mm-hmm. have turkey babies. Like mm-hmm. it's been a day and a half, but Anne is already <laughs> fretting about the fact she's like, I love him. What am yeah. I gonna do with my turkey man? I'm gonna marry. Um, it's true. It's true. And so he's upset because, of course, uh, the one woman who could love him is now dead. And so mm-hmm. he chases after – well, he doesn't do a lot of chasing. Um, he sort of lurks after yeah, uh, in, the drug in guy. True, in true slasher fashion, he just stalks after him until he catches up with him. Yep. And then he saws off his leg. Uh, yeah. I don't – where are they? Are they in a school in like a wood shop? Like, um, I don't know what building they enter. They are in, it seems like they're in a garage of sorts. It sort of looks like a warehouse situation. But anyway, there's a table saw. You know, yeah. just, it's a, it's just a, one of those things that happens in South Florida, I would assume. Yeah. You yeah. walk into a building, there's a table saw. There's so, a table saw. So her yeah. table saws off this guy's leg. Um, yeah, at the shin. Yeah. And presumably he bleeds to death. I think that's kind of like how we are led for it. Because he doesn't, he like beats him up a little bit, then throws him on this table, then specifically pulls his body only up to his legs under the saw and just saws off part of one leg. Yeah. He doesn't attempt to do more. He he just does that. So, and then after bleeding out the, the, the supplier, uh, the rapist, Herschel's running through the night, uh, bereft, upset, and... And Anne's uh, other drug friends, she's like enlisted their help. Like, I need your help with Herschel. I don't I, like, are they, is that a conversation a little bit earlier when they're like, you're high. And she's like, no, I'm not. I'm straight. This is crazy. And are they plotting to kill Herschel? Well, or I would assume that at that point your help and they decide they need to kill Herschel, but they don't tell Anne. I would assume at that point, two things. One, they've found Anne and they think that Herschel's killed her. Oh, mm. that's just my head canon on that. We don't get a whole lot of explanation on why or how they kill, like why they decide to kill him. But also, again, I'd like to point out South Florida. Sure. So, you know, I would two guys 
I've seen wild things, you know? Yeah, like two two dudes who are kind of on drugs and have just sort of the general air of guys who will go out and hunt things. At, like, and, yeah. who have, and who have machetes. Yeah. I just was like, yeah, why that would be there. They would be like, well, you know, they don't know that his dick works. They might just be like, man, poor guy turned into a turkey. Dick doesn't work. No reason to live, which is also very like drug dude logic. Well, I also, I couldn't quite tell in that moment because Herschel drops to his knees and he's like right. pleading with them. I yeah. couldn't tell if that was like a please spare me or if it was a like please end my suffering. I couldn't actually tell if he wanted to die or not. I, I thought like it was like a religious. I thought it was a religious thing. Uh, I, that because, very yes, that very is very much as possible. The Bible is a big deal in this movie. Yeah, this is a very so. In addition to being anti drugs, this is very just pro general big G God. Yeah, um, not necessarily Jesus. Not necessarily no. like the Jude the Jewish God. Just sort of like a general God. Yeah, like something hewing Judeo-Christian, so it's not just like be spiritual, but it, it kind of is a sense of like a pervasive advocacy of spirituality directed specifically toward a Judeo a, a Judeo-Christian a a a Bible a a Bible toting connection yeah. to religion, even but- if the proselytizing itself is not like you know citing the like talking about the apostles and such. It's more talking about like the lessons we glean from the good book. Yeah, Angel like references the Bible and talks about what the Bible wants. But other than quoting something about when Herschel mentions adultery, yeah. they don't really ever quote the Bible. There's no, there's nothing like that. So we don't really she get- She is leaping through it at one point. Their yeah. Bible study is mentioned. But like either, either they wanted to keep it general to, you know, keep it inviting to as many people as possible or- the people in charge here just like were more excited about the uh, Bible as an idea than they were familiar with it as a specific text. Yeah. Uh, much like Darren Aronofsky himself. So, yes, yes, it's true. It's true. Again, this is what Mother wanted to be. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, every from the drug party, like, just to go to, I, I thought found a lot of strong parallels. The drug party, <laughs> um, the at the end when so Herschel gets killed and it's really it's incredibly jarring actually the the transition moment after Herschel's head is lopped off we then just see a dinner table a shot from like slightly overhead where there is just a cooked turkey with his head resting next to it and many hands reaching in just ripping the turkey apart until it is nothing but a carcass and having casual conversation implying that like we've we're watching them consume Herschel. Right. Even though Herschel again upsetting. has a man body, yeah. not a turkey body. And very turkey for the a turkey moment. is the size of Herschel's head. So this is not, but I guess it is. And I was just like, oh, it's the baby. Um they're gonna eat the baby from mother. That's what this is. So again Herschel is the baby and mother. <laughs> Just Darren Aronofsky wishes he could make a movie about a wear turkey. It's true. But yeah, it was uh I I I don't know. I think that Herschel was just kind of pleading to be saved. And yeah, at that right point, that. at that point, the only way that he could be saved was to kill him because he was a true monster. Yeah. 
Um, even if he was a, a vengeance-seeking monster, as we learned from the Bible, vengeance mm-hmm. is not, you know, you're supposed to turn the other cheek. Right, yeah. Um, so I, I would assume that that's kind of was a general thing. And so it was what he ultimately deserved having – you know, I realize now he killed people by hanging them upside down and slitting their throat, much like yeah. how we often that's how the that's how you are supposed to, I think, kill birds um for kosher butchering is I believe that you drain them like that. Well, yeah, you have to kill. I, I that might be for kosherizing, and then with pigs, yeah. that's just what you have to do. Right. But I was thinking for birds specifically. Uh, like, interesting. Oh, that ah. is I think that is actually partly how you you kosher kill a bird. Hmm. But I'm not positive. I don't know. Um <laughs> it's not a thing I'm not positive. I don't know. It's not a thing I've like I feel like this is a thing I've heard, but I could be wrong. Um weirdly well, uh, my my great grandmother actually was a kosher butcher. Oh, um, yeah, well, you know, it's just what Russian Jews did. It's a good skill. Yeah, um, but, you know, I didn't get the details from her when I was six. So <laughs> anyway, I thought that was interesting that he ends up killing people in this, like, instead of that his he has a method very quickly of murder. Yeah, he people. does. It's very it's very specific. Um, yeah. And what what lead, what this leads us to a crucial point in the movie, I was certainly surprised. This what was a, a real, turn. That was a, a real, real yeah. twist. Again, a movie with big ideas. Um, what we see after the quite depraved scene of just hands tearing apart a turkey next to Herschel's head, um, we cut to Herschel passed out in the night exactly where he was when he had that fit at the turkey farm earlier in the movie when he had the entire turkey, then he passed out on the grass. Um, he, he has woken up by the owner of the turkey farm. And it is seemingly all just been a fucking crazy hallucination. It actually, it's the meme from Twitter. Never happened. Didn't happen. It's a fiction. Didn't happen. This one, not true. Like it was that moment. And suddenly, and and the, 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 um, the guy who owns a farm is like, so you had all that turkey. I told him not to do any experiments when I'm not here. Have you been taking other drugs? And this is where Herschel explains that he, he was in Vietnam and he had taken other drugs. So he had he had sworn them off, really. And then then he, of course, promised Angel, uh, the religious woman who was in who picked him up on, you know, on the freeway uh, that he wouldn't do anymore because he also knew he had a problem with drugs. But then he does them. So he immediately relapses. And the re uh, we are the, again, one, given once again, the reemphasis on um, how bad drugs are. And but this is it's, oh, oh, God, he's not a turkey. He was never a turkey. There there were not slaughters. Um, and. We are, we cut back to our narrator at this point who explains to us um, that people are filling their bodies full of toxins, uh, getting at like animal, like getting at like modified animal meat, like GMO. Yeah, it was a very uh, early GMO sort of anti-GMO. <laughs> Should yeah. be mentioned, by the way, that through this entire thing, he's been smoking. It was a very Rod Sterling sort of thing. Very, it was very. A, yeah. Wearing and, a, wearing a silk shirt and smoking the whole time, and so perhaps the most to me surreal moment in the entire movie happens when he reaches the end of his um 
when he reaches the end of sort of his moral soliloquy, his soliloquy on morality and just starts coughing like the, the guy just in real life seemingly he has completed what he has to say he just has a coughing fit well yeah jordan and, because and the, then whole, the irony the dramatic irony of it is that he's been lecturing us the whole time about chemicals and how bad yeah, it is to put chemicals in his body while smoking and then he but like the thing is he just has this coughing fit and you're like oh well he just keeps coughing surely he's going to like turn into a wear turkey and like this is the moment <laughs> No, it just cuts away from him. They just simply did not edit out this man having a sore throat. I, like this I, man thought, that having a I thought that was intentional. I thought it was supposed to be like an, a dramatic irony sort of thing. Of like, I don't know. I wasn't quite giving it that considering we could see him reading the script on the table. True. Felt a little, felt a little less unintentional because then we just cut straight away from that to we see Anne on a, a pier uh, a, a standing over beautiful crashing South Florida waves and joined by Herschel. Right. And this is after he, so, and you left out the part where after he comes to and he like leaves the facility, he, the, the Turkey place owner is like, hold on, Angel and I work at a drug rehabilitation center together. Right. So Herschel gets clean at quite clinically, <laughs> quite literally, and picks up and is like, Drug clinic, no, angel, angel, yeah, drug clinic. I was like drug clinic, it doesn't yeah. have a name. It's just drug clinic. Yeah, um, that's it. And Herschel gets clean. So then we get the lecture about the dangers of drugs, and then at the end, Anne and Herschel find each other, both healthy, both happy. Yeah, um, it was all a dream. So Anne is not dead. Anne is not dead. Anne presumably, I guess, kicks drugs, having learned her lesson from hearing about Herschel's turkey man dream. I don't know. Well, she does know that he's become addicted at that point and yeah. that it's her fault. And because her initial freak out is like, this is all my fault. Herschel, I can't find Herschel. I don't know where he is. This is because Herschel's passed out. But that was, that was, we think, the dream sequence. No, I think that was... I, I think, think that everything was, after is dream sequence. I'm everything calling after. that, I'm calling that real because in, in, and, and shoddy timeline construction. Okay. Because she knew she was responsible at that point for, which she saw him going through his immediate withdrawals and was like, this is my fault. I did this. I, 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 I gave him the drugs. I manipulated him. And then he doesn't come home after his second day of work. And she's like, he always calls. He would call me again. These people very immediately in love with each other and very involved. And so probably uh, got clean out of realizing the life ruining power of, of imbibing altering substances. She swore it off. And then her and Herschel could live together in recovery as human beings forever. Happy for them both. Yeah. They really seemed like people of simple needs. I honestly think it's going to work out. Yeah. I mean, let's, let's fully believe, let's give them this. (laughs) They are, you know, Herschel definitely knows like eight words. So good for them. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think it's going to be fine. And, you know, who knows how many more uh, strays Angel's going to pick up on the freeway and be like, I run a drug clinic. Do you have problems? Like, first (laughs) introduce them into a triggering environment and then be there to pick them up after they fall. So really, I mean, I like all's well that ends well. Yeah, and we learned an important lesson about not just agreeing to do to do lab work on the side, 
Uh, yeah. Would be to me probably the most significant lesson learned there. Yeah, no, that was a real. That's a big takeaway. Yeah, um, was was if if someone if an if two guys who look as dopey as they sound. Um, yes. Yeah. Just- Which one of them was named Gene, and that felt perfect for some reason for 1972. I don't know why. I was just like, yeah, of course he's named Gene. Yeah, I. If they, if one of them, one of them was like, had the Mo haircut from the Three Stooges. <laughs> yes. And if one of them had been like, just constantly called the other guy boss, I would have fully believed it. It was just like, yeah, sure. Why not? Yeah. Hey, boss. Yeah. Hey, boss. What are we going to do about this, boss? Like, that would have been, <laughs> I could have believed that. Um, <laughs> it was a surprisingly grounded film. It honestly was. Where at almost every turn, there was not a question in my mind of, huh. That doesn't seem like a thing that would happen. No, no. Every turn of events, I was like, yeah, that's that's a thing. Yeah, I agree. So that then takes us into what was this movie really about, but not before we tell you a bit about our sponsor, who if by now you should know them and you should love them because, folks, do you love movies? The good ones, even the bad ones, everyone told you not to like. It sounds like Super Yaki is the place for you. The team at Super Yaki loves movies, so much so that they've dedicated every waking moment of their life to bring you top quality merchandise to showcase your love for them. From super soft t-shirts advocating for the immediate production of a third national treasure to comfy sweatshirts that serve as a call to arms for all those in support of a making Judy Greer America's lead. They even have pins of some of your favorite directors like Sofia Coppola and Jordan Peele. Super Yaki joyously brings you tangible love letters to movies and filmmakers that you can wear with pride. Plus, the team at Super Yaki screen prints all their apparel using eco-friendly, 100% water-based inks, and they ship with compostable poly mailers for an environmentally friendly alternative to online shopping. And as a special gift to you, listeners can save 10% on their order with code SUPERFRIEND, all caps, no spaces, SUPERFRIEND, at checkout. If the spirit moves you, find them at superyaki.com. S-U-P-E-R-Y-A-K-I.com. Let's watch more movies. Get your family some holiday gifts if you can. You know. And mail them because mm-hmm. you shouldn't go anywhere to see them in the middle of a pandemic. Yeah, Stay you know what? And buy people super yaki. Instead of doing like everyone in their Christmas pajamas, what if everyone on Zoom Oh man. is in their Make Judy Greer America uh, Make Judy Greer a leading no. lady t-shirt? Yeah, in their or, Ju- in their Judy Greer should have been the lead. That team, one. Yeah, which thank I you. do own. Or like your Be- Birds of Prey for Best Picture. Yeah. t-shirt. Uh-huh. Everyone in their shirts. And then you have a little Zoom window where you can yeah. see everyone in their Super Yaki shirts just saying, <laughs> way better Christmas card. You're right. Way better. Yeah. Send that Zoom screen cap out to people. Um, now, this is a getting moving into our what was this movie really about? It's a big question for this movie, Amanda. I, I you know, I like the movie wanted to be a, an anti-drug movie, but I thought it went it deeper really than that. Mm. Um. I thought that it it wasn't until the end when we got the big explanation of everything about Herschel that yeah. I was like, oh, that's what this movie is really about. Mm. And uh, to me, this movie is really about how America fails its vets. You are not. You are not wrong. Like you are not wrong. Herschel just is apparently so he comes back from Vietnam. He talks about how he uh, 
you know, he was given medicine, he was given drugs at the VA and mm-hmm. that wasn't enough. So he turned to drugs on his own, which like, yeah, because we don't have, if we don't have good healthcare for vets, mm-hmm. we don't provide the right ser- mental health services for vets. So that tracks. And then apparently- He can't get work. He doesn't have a place to live. Yeah. He's a drifter essentially living off yep. of his motorcycle, traveling through South Florida to the point where he's, you know, subject to the needs and desires of random Florida women. So of course, of course he ends up hooked on drugs again. There's no other outcome. It's either hooked on drugs or working at Disney world. And they're like, and he's too big to be anybody but Gaston and Gaston (laughs) doesn't exist yet. So like the only outcome clearly here is drugs. And so to me, this really was like, yeah, we, we failed Herschel. We failed our vets. Mm -hmm. This is about like the massive vet crisis that existed after Vietnam. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. Um, yeah. So this was – that to me was what this movie was really about. And the fact that, like, he turns into a turkey, which mm. is symbolic of, like – well, you know, that was actually what Benjamin Franklin wanted to make America's bird was a turkey. Oh, that that's right. I've heard that before. Okay. Yeah. yeah ben Franklin wanted to make it into a turkey, mm-hmm. and it was rejected. Um, and you know what else was rejected? Herschel. Herschel was rejected. From the Herschel system. Herschel was rejected. Mm-hmm. So I'm just saying this is – an entire movie about why uh, we should take better care of our vets. Yeah, this movie is. There's a lot of them. Um, I'm with that man. That I'm. I'm. You know where it's at. Yeah. Can you dig and, it? Yeah, I dig. And I. This movie, to to greatly to its credit, you can tell there's a lot of passion here. Like it comes. Like the emotion of it is is very flat. These are not really actors. Um, but like you can only make this story if you've like if you're upset about some stuff if you're upset about the if you're upset about the vet crisis if you're upset about the way you feel like america has turned its back on on the common man and woman if you are upset about uh your food being genetically modified without your consent um apparently if you're upset about drugs and there you so it says to me that considering too that I think I saw a little Wikipedia note uh, not confirmed that the budget for this was twenty five thousand dollars which in nineteen seventy two it's a nice little chunk. I of was gonna say that's what was that just to buy all the turkeys? Yeah, like that that feels like a, a nice little sum of money actually for what they did here, but like to have that uh, uh, Grinter and Hawks doing so many jobs and then to have. Um, there is uh, the guy Gil Ward uh, was the editor. I think he also might have done the uh, composition and uh, so like wrote the music as well. When you have just like a few people committing to doing all these jobs to make something, um, you really want to get it done. You're like, no, I need to make this work. I've got something to say. And I appreciate it very much on those terms. So like for me, in addition, like I'm gonna, I'm gonna build off the failure of the vets, failure to th- failure to the vets, and say, really, this movie is about the failure of the state to, and you know, liberal as I am, to care for its citizenry. Like we are the wards of the federal government in a way, which will make some sort of you know people cringe, but like you know, you see in our pandemic moment where the federal government has been absolutely inactive in doing anything about this the yeah. entire time and there are there are hours long like bread lines basically for people going to like drive in food banks across the country right now 
And you have in this, uh, you know, you have these people scrabbling together to make this movie, to get this message out they feel is vital because they have not been looked after. They have not been cared for. People that they know, people that they care about, presumably, which is why they felt so convicted to make this film. I'm calling it a, it is a lamentation of the failure of the state to recognize that the burgeoning gap between the haves and the have nots that's going to like start really revving up under Reaganomics in the 80s is going to be ripping this country apart. And instead of addressing it like we could have at the time in progress and continuing to nurture unions and continuing to nurture social programs, we just let that go by the wayside and let capitalism run rampant. And so I feel like you have what you have here is a citizenry angry at the failure of the government to recognize the human value of its people, just turning them essentially into poultry birds at the farm for slaughter to just more grist for the mill. And amazing. I, 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 I appreciate it for being what perhaps such a call to arms as it is to say, yes, you should be angry. We are being fucked over. And before long, we're all going to be wear turkeys. And the system has nothing to blame but itself. It's amazing that it's uh, the problem existed 40 years ago and continues to exist today. It truly is. <laughs> that's that's I'm with you on all of this. Jordan, you know where it's at. I know where it's at, man. Yeah. And so this presents another interesting question in this case of like, what is a dream casting scenario? I, you know, normally I struggle with dream casting because I don't have your encyclopedic knowledge <laughs> of, of minor actors and underappreciated actors. But in this case- sure. I'm not going small. I'm remaking Great. this movie. We're doing it with a budget. Okay. Um, we're really turning this into like a dark film. Mm. This is this is 100% going to be a prestige murder drama about oh, okay. a man who turns into a turkey. Um, and I was like, who's the broad man that should play this? Well, there's only one broad man that really would be suitable for this, and that's Army Hammer. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, you know, sometimes wow. like, I, uh, hey, yeah, okay, uh huh. Jordan, you know, normally you and I like to do like try and make it a little more diverse, try to make this like really reflect this and make this into the Hollywood we want to see. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, but in this case, this is nothing but what I could say is this this movie can only exist as white nonsense. So yeah. I'm not going to bother with any diversity on this one only because yeah. mm, this is white nonsense. And, you know, he's a bit of white nonsense. Oh, yeah. So Army Hammer, who I think would be really on board with the anti-GMO message um, as as Herschel. Mm. Um, I couldn't 100% tell the difference between Anne and Angel all the time. <laughs> and so I'm going to really lean into that. I mean, um, Anne was the one wearing a lot of 70s makeup. Nah, Angel had a lot of makeup on, too. But Anne had that like green eye thing she I was know. doing the entire time. It was real tricky though for me. Um, so I'm going to lean into that and I want Bryce Dallas Howard and Jessica Chastain to play sisters. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. I mean, the world's been waiting for that. Yeah. So, yeah. so uh, Jessica Chastain will be playing Anne because she's a little darker and uh, Bryce Dallas Howard will be playing Angel. Yeah. The, just personality wise, I think that like yeah. the idea of... Bryce Dallas Howard really leaning into the proselytizing um, do-gooder. Yeah, wide-eyed do-gooder. Yeah, like grating and like semi-threatening mm -hmm. in how how zealously she believes. Yeah. So I'm going with them for sisters. And then I'm going to bring back a pod classic here. Because you know what we haven't done in a while, Jordan? We haven't given Miles an Ansel. 
some roles. We have really forsaken an early pod classic. And in this case, (laughs) Ansel and Miles are going to play the lab kind of turkey guys. Mm. Um, I hope in this movie that means they get slaughtered. Oh, 100% they die. Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. No, they die. They have to be first. Honestly, like they'd have to be – They'd have to be first, but yeah. the, the turkey would go straight for their the stri- turkey would go straight for their haphazard. So maker. it's as they that the reveal would be that as they're disposing mm-hmm. of his body, um, he comes to as a turkey man, mm-hmm. and then he attacks and kills them both, and that's how he gets his lust for blood. Um, yeah. So that is, and like I, I would assume they like they drop off the body, and then they're like, "Hey, man." You want to get some get high now that we've disposed of this body, and so they're both of them are like, <laughs> "Hey, man!" Lazing by this turkey, this body, and so they don't notice him rising with a turkey head now, and then mm. he kills them both, and then he gets his blood uh, drug lust. Uh, so yeah, so that's how I'm casting this, and uh, I I really think that this could be this could be a new modern classic, honestly. <laughs> Um, but you know, it doesn't turn out to be a dream in the end. It doesn't. Right, I don't yeah. want it to oh, be I a dream. No, I think that's the right choice. No, this is like, I, I'm going to go full like, this is the end of the movie truly is that Herschel like realizes he is beyond saving. And so he he begs for his, we just, we cut out the last scene of like the Aronofsky eating the body part. That's it. But I see it. I see it. That's my dream casting for this film. I really like the Jessica Chastain, Bryce Dallas Howard. Uh, They should be cast as sisters in something frightening. Like they need to channel that surreality into something for real because it's just right there. It's just right there. Yeah. No, if they're going to be cast as sisters, like really go horror movie on this. Yeah. And I do think the world is starved for like an actual, like a creepy Bryce Dallas Howard role. I feel like she's been, <laughs> oh, her yeah. entire career has been leading up to that, but for some reason she hasn't played creepy. Yeah. Yeah. Cause she has this intensity about her that she very, she very like overtly channels sometimes where like that is right. Like you see it in Black Mirror, how it can yeah. go that way. And, and I would I, like, love to see more of that from her. As, as, as a person of um, red haired persuasion, I do, I do sometimes <laughs> balk at the tendency of Hollywood to cast redheads as the creepy people, but like, I, I think she's the exception for me. Yeah, yeah. for me, it's more, it's more the, it's more the intensity of the eyes and the smile in how you can, you know, sort of yes. just tilt the head on that and tilt the perspective of a little and make something, um, warm, something actually very scary. And it's uninviting. the type of friendliness that only growing up in Hollywood creates. Yeah. <laughs> excellent point. That is an excellent point. And again, like, I think that, and the creepiness in that character would come not from her being a redhead, which is often where the horror comes from here, but from her which being- Which is often where the horror comes hey, from. Hey, my mom's a redhead, so I can say these things. Um, <laughs> but in this case, it comes from, like, the creepiness of the religiousness and, like, the fervent religiousness. And so that's where I'd want that creepiness, that unsettling quality to come from. While mm-hmm. Jessica Chastain is like, hey, man, why don't you do drugs? Why aren't you cool? <laughs> yeah, like, like that sort of dismissive, yeah. very Molly's game sort of Oh God, I love Molly's cooler game. than you. She's so cool in that. She's so cool. So really channel the Jessica Chastain cool dismissiveness and really play into that. So that is that is where we're going with this with my casting. So that's that's mine. Okay. Jordan, anything for you? I'm gonna go like um I'm gonna go like a film festival midnight screening route. And I'm going to make the sisters. I'm going to make the sisters, I think, Juno Temple. Okay. 
and Mia Goth. Ooh, okay. To make it just like very chaotic. Yeah, that's real. That's real chaotic. Very chaotic in its in its bones. Um, and we are going to we're gonna reunite Mia actually oh, with no. her Cure for Wellness co-star. Okay, and we're gonna make Dane DeHaan the the wear turkey. Mm-hmm. Um, because again, I want a sense of of sort of wrongness from the minute you walk in. Like you're gonna have it's gonna be Juno Temple who picks up uh Dane DeHaan on the freeway mm-hmm. and bring him back to the house where the beguiling Mia Goth is sitting. Juno isn't so easily going to let Herschel go in this situation. And Dane, I think, will aesthetically fit in with the oddness of the, you know, the sort of cast of characters. And I, I would like a kind of almost mumblecore surrounding cast um, of the, 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 the drug revelers and the partiers. Like, you could put, you could put it, um, like a Caitlyn Sheel in there. You could put a Michael Sarah in there. You could really fill it out. I would like Melanie Linsky to emerge at some point. <laughs> um, like that's the kind of energy that I'm going for. And yeah, I, I think like that's going to be, the ensemble is going to be really key in this one to just create a sense of disarming energy um, all around you. The house will be much more ominous. The party when Herschel walks in, will be much more apparently ominous. And then we're going to have, who do we want to have be our, be our farmer guy is the question. Because like I want to go, I want to go like a full Wilford Brimley type. Like what I felt from the farmer guy in, in this movie, mild as he was, was that he could have, like it, the proper vision of that in my mind for the time would have been like a Wilford Brimley-sized yeah. Man, mustache and the glasses and the and the the pitch of voice. So it's like, you know, maybe, gosh, or maybe you go total zag and you like you make that you make him like a actually because he's he teams up with Angel and they like help addicts at the drug center together. Maybe that's like a weird, young, charismatic like Robert Pattinson. Yeah, and he's just like very suspect in every way. This is going to be a very surreal picture and there's going to be, it's going to be a lot of mood. But yeah, I think that's okay. That's going to be my core. It's going to be Dane DeHaan, Juno Temple, Mia Goth, and then weird possible cult leader preacher, Robert Pattinson. Yeah. Which, no, I have not seen the movie where he sports an outrageous Southern accent that was on Netflix recently. So I'm not copying from that because I don't even know what goes on in that movie. Just that the Southern accent is outrageous. Um, and yeah, that's that's the route that I'm going to go with it. All right. You know, your Mia Goth thing reminded me. I'm going to throw in Shia LaBeouf as a guy. That's a great idea. Yeah. He would fit in both of these movies. He could be in both and it could go either way <laughs> and he would play it very differently, but both compelling. Yeah. So yeah. Guy, and he's like the, the through line in this between the two movies. Um, yeah, Guy would, he would be a great guy. He'd You're be a great totally guy. right about that. Shia LaBeouf meant to play a drug dealer in every film. 
Any movie. Doesn't matter what movie it is. It could be Inside Out. He could still play a drug dealer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, he just he just has that energy. Yeah. And maybe, and like, I feel like this is a space too where since I'm going kind of full this this energy, I kind of want to make the I kind of want to make the drug buddies like who end up hunting down Herschel and killing him. I want to gender flip it. And one of them is going to, one of them is absolutely going to be Riley Keough. Sure. Because she is an incredible weirdo. And we are going to re-team her with her Fury Road castmate, uh, fellow glorious strange being, Abby Lee. Oh my God. So yeah, it's going to be Abby Lee and Riley Keough are the resident drug friends who end up with machetes stalking Herschel through the night. That's going to be a whole subplot rather than just being like a thing that pops up at the end. And I can't wait for their sort of like Rosencrantz and Guildenstern side. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. It's going to, it's going to, they're going to be built out a lot. And the thing is... Like, I'm obviously casting all of this, like, just to see the uh, red carpet images on the Palais at Cannes, because what a feast for the eyes this cast would be. I mean, I'm assuming all (laughs) of your filming. For me, personally. All your your casting, truly, generally speaking, is like, (laughs) apparently just so Jordan can get screen grabs of the red carpet. Yeah, just so, just for the tweets, the, the stand tweets that would come after. So yeah, that's my core. Riley, Abby, Mia, and Juno, and then Dane DeHaan and Robert Pattinson. I love this. I'm in. That is so many very, like, Victorian skinny people. Yeah. No, that would <laughs> that would have real Florida meth energy, and I'm in for it, 100%. And it, most likely, I'm not, he's not my favorite, but I just have to accept the fact that what I've done is um, – make a Lars von Trier movie basically. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I, I can't, I can't deny that fact. Uh, even if he's not my guy and I, I don't necessarily love his, his brand of film, but that's, that's basically what I've created here. And I know that. Yeah. No, I, I think this is, I think this is quite a film you've created. Jordan. <laughs> it's really upsetting. Just even thinking about it. Um, which, all of the, which is what this should be. Uh huh. Um, so then, what does that bring us then for the towering – how many towering infernos does Blood Freak get? I feel like each question has been a very interesting question with this movie. So what do you think about the towering infernos? I am going to surprise myself. I have to give this three and a half towering infernos. I love it. I love it. Not because this is necessarily the best film we've seen, mm-hmm. but it is ambitious. Yes. It executes its ambitions. Mm-hmm. Um, and regardless of whether or not it is good, it is certainly a movie I am going to tell people to watch. Yeah. And it kept me engaged the whole damn time. So me too. And considering I, how slowly things, like considering yeah. how muted. It's, this movie is a series as, of like vignettes. Yeah. And it moves very slowly. And mm-hmm. like, there's never a real sense of tension or like terror. Mm-hmm. It's not scary. Even the murder oh. stuff is like, oh, this is more art house than anything. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I have to say like this, this goes like three and a half for me. Just based purely on like, you know what? Good for you guys. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Jordan, what about you? No, I was going to say three, but you know, hearing you say that, no, I'm going three and a half too. Honestly, I this is really working within your constraints. Like again, limited means, but more than you'd think. But also, 
it wasn't like, well, you know, this is, we're not, we're not on screen like veterans here. We're, but we're going to do what we can with what we have to tell the story we want to tell. And they fucking pulled it off. And like, as with, again, Earth Tastrophe being our real standard bearer for this, big ideas, big, like there was like the, like the conceptual elements here of like, let's have a fucking narrator in here, like spinning a moral yarn about America as this goes. Let's have a twist and make this whole movie a snow globe from a certain point. And then let's have a happily ever after. Like it, I was, I really appreciated how bold this movie was and how kind of unselfconsciously it seemed to go after this like, I don't fucking care if we're not a big movie. I've got some things to say. And it charged headlong into into its objectives. And that's that's impressive. That is like, I watched it. And honestly, there was like a sense of like, you know what? This this feels oddly inspiring for like making movies on one's own. It's like, you know what? If the blood freak people got it together and did this, we've got iPhones, man. <laughs> if the blood freak people could do this, we can get together with like-minded folks out there and make of make the movies we want to make. And if not on the scale we want to make them, make a version of the movies that we're passionate about making. And I was really impressed by that. And also the surprise precursor to like the slasher yeah. thing happening, um, which this is the same, this is two years before Black Christmas, which is really going to lay the template for Halloween, which is really going to lay the template for the slasher boom that would come after it and, and the slasher as we understand it today. Um, and this preceded that. And I was quite, I was just quite impressed. So yeah, it's a good, happy three and a half for me too. I, you know what? I'm happy for all of us here. Me too. So that uh, takes us to next week. And next week we've got um, some, we've got it. Like I said, I love a theme. Yeah. So uh, I thought it'd be to, to bring us into these holidays, se- this holiday season. Uh, we're going to do a film called Ice Quake. Ice Quake. Now, Ice Quake from Paul Ziller, who has done quite a few of the films that we've seen, including Stone- okay. Stonehenge Apocalypse is oh, one of his. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. I think that's like the one. There's also Beyond Loch Ness, which we haven't done yet, but we're going to do at some point. Right, but we will. Oh, he did Polar Storm. I knew we'd seen something else from him. Wait. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Polar. I was like, wait, Deadly Voltage? No, no Polar, Polar Storm. Storm. Absolutely yeah. the fuck not Deadly Voltage. No, not Deadly Voltage. Never Polar Storm. Voltage. Yes. With Jack Coleman. Yeah. Yeah. With HRG. Yeah. Um, so as the permafrost melts in Alaska, underground rivers of volatile liquid methanes form, which sets off a series of devastating earthquakes. Forced apart by this violent occurrence, one family must find each other during the holidays. Yep. There it is. And work to stop the deadly rivers that could cause a worldwide catastrophe. This film stars Brendan Fair of Roswell fame. Mm. And of course, a bunch of other people whose names I don't recognize. But then most importantly, Victor Garber. Victor Garber's in this. Victor Garber's in this. He's wearing a military uniform. Yeah, he's a colonel in this. Colonel Bill Hughes. (laughs) Uh, I'm sold. So that is, and you can get that uh, Amazon app, uh, Amazon iTunes, Vudu, you know, all the usual. Standard rentals. Standard rentals. Um, So we're going to do that next week. And um, that, I for one am excited to see how the holidays ties in. Yeah, I, I am too. And I'm excited to see how Victor, Victor Garber ties in. 
Victor Garber, who we can also, thank God, imminently see in the long-awaited lesbian holiday rom-com, The Happiest Season, starring Mackenzie Davis <laughs> and Kristen Stewart and all of my feelings. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, that's that's that movie is specifically targeted at Jordan. Wow. Yeah, that's a real, that's a real wow. Jordan film. What? What a gift. Clea Duvall director with co-writer Mary Hall and wrote with uh, co-writer Mary Holland, who's hysterical. God, I cannot wait. Let's all have a happiest. I honestly don't fully believe that that film wasn't actually made with the express intent to uh, get Jordan in a theater. There's no theme song by Taylor Swift. So <laughs> that's, I don't one. know that for sure. I don't know you, that. If anybody would know it, it'd be Jordan. Speaking that's of true. Jordan, where do we find you, Jordan? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Jorcru, J-O-R-C-R-U, and Patreon, patreon.com slash Cruciola, and hit up my new horror-centric podcast called Ots Tyrion, which I am doing with my friend Sam Weinman, the filmmaker, where we just celebrate 2000s-era horror films, and it is a great time. Very nice. And Jason, where can we find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Jason Halftones for all sorts of weird comic book nerdy shit. He did some really good coloring. You, I loved your Batman uh, panels. Oh, thanks. I know. I still haven't. Uh, I still haven't finished posting all of them on Instagram. I keep forgetting to uh, do that. It's just you got to crop all the panels and yeah. stuff. It's a lot of work. It looks really good though. Jason is oh, very talented. You. Jason, in addition to being enigmatic, is very talented. Yeah. <laughs> in addition oh, to being uh, a drug addicted turkey man, he's very talented. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, the good thing is that even though he is a were turkey, which, by the way, really impressed that we did not once bring up Char Charmin Bears or the Shantix turkey. I was thinking <laughs> of the Shantix turkey while I was watching this. Okay, but it, like it's it's ironic to me that this is the one time where we're, we're discussing <laughs> Blood Freak finally, and neither of those topics came up. <laughs> but it, I would pick I would pick Herschel the were turkey over both of those abominations. Oh, hundred percent. If Herschel the were turkey could sell me on anything, <laughs> yeah. but not drugs, obviously. Yeah, but drugs. And he wouldn't want you to. No. Um, and then you can find me. I'm Amanda R. Tubbs. That's Tubbs with two Bs. Two Bs. <laughs> and uh, that's just on Twitter where I am posting anything that comes to my head, um, including most recently a video of myself singing Mariah Carey, which was ambitious. Perfect. Let's just say it was ambitious. Ambitious. Ambitious is always the thing you love to see in any kind of review. That's that's how you know they're 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 trying to find something. Yeah. Yeah. That's how that's how Blood Freak got three and a half stars from us. Yeah. So this is my Blood Freak was rewriting the lyrics to All I Want for Christmas is you. Uh but yeah, I'm just on Twitter doing my thing. Um you can find us we're disaster underscore pod on Twitter. We're disastergirlspod at gmail.com. Um, and you can rate and review us on all of your preferred methods of rating and reviewing things. Um, Please do. We do have a backlog of reviews that we didn't see until very recently. Yeah. And so at some point we'll read those. We're going to um, read those. I, I have to leave in two party. minutes to go take my dog to the vet. Yep. So he's fine. He just has to like go see one of his many specialists. Um, <laughs> he's got a team. He's got a team. And so anyway... As, as a dog, as perfect as he is, should. So we'll read those next week. But thank you for those ratings and reviews, guys. Please keep giving them to us and sharing us on Twitter. Uh, as, I, as some of you may have seen, the most dapper disaster diva, Paul Feig, gave us absolutely. an absolutely fantastic tweet about how much of a good time he had with us. So Lovely individual. Try, God. To, try to match that energy, guys. Match the energy. Match that energy. Speak highly of us. Speak fondly of us. And speak often of us. And we'll see you all back next week for Ice Quakes. Bye, Thanks, everybody. everybody.
thatmightbecool.com. You never know. <laughs>